0: On Hogline Nation. Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. You are listening to the 263rd episode of the podcast. Week 14 in the books. We're here. Fantasy playoff season is upon us. Hopefully, you are in the playoffs. uh, and better yet, hopefully you'll buy. You're not even playing
1: this week. So I got two buys. I'm the number one overall seed in two leagues.
2: Pretty good. Okay.
1: And how many seven leagues you're in, right?
0: Four. Four? Yep. Oh, wow. You really dropped down. I thought you were in like seven or eight last year.
1: Oh, best ball is five, which I'm in that playoff too. I already know my seed, but. Yeah. I'm playing you. You're three. So I
0: it. You're three. Okay, I'm, I'm three. six. I'm playing you in the nice. first round. Uh, my team my team's awful. You're going to beat me. Definitely. I don't know how Same. I made it, but yeah. Well, best of luck to everyone. Um, Jack and I are in. Uh, we both missed in our, our our redraft league that we're in together, and uh, we're both in our dynasty playoffs. So maybe I'll meet Jack in the uh, in the finals. We'll see. All Let's right. See. Just like last episode. Today's episode is going to have a similar undertone where both our teams suffered terrible losses, embarrassing losses, if I may say so myself. You may. As we always do, we'll start with the Eagles, who lost to their division rival, the Dallas Cowboys, on Sunday night football. Cowboys, at least temporarily, take over the top spot in the NFC East. They beat the Eagles 33-13. Shreff, floor is yours. Eagles, I don't think they scored an offensive touchdown.
3: I did not. You are you are correct in that uh, in that statement. Um, didn't have fun. Uh, there was there was a moment where my roommates and I were were sitting there and we were like, uh, there was there was a split second where you're we like, should we just call like call it a night? Like we, we know how this is going to go. And I think like two minutes after that was when Fletcher Cox stripped Dak and Jalen Carter returned it. And we were like we're so alive and then the next like hour and a half was just us wondering why we didn't just call tonight um it was it was not a good time um there are a lot of things that i can cover uh in this the my first thought is that um i would say in general with football if there's if there's two things that i think a team needs to be able to do to be a good team, win games, et cetera, et cetera, it would be third down defense, and it would also be winning the turnover battle. Um, the turnover battle was something last year that the Eagles were very good at, um, along with third down defense. It, it, it felt like last year the the pass rush would get through. Every third down, they would back them up, and the D-line would be able to just kind of feast on him. Neither of those things have happened this year, and it's pretty much the exact opposite, I would say. Um, it it's not good uh I'll start with the offense um there's a few different things I'll start with jalen hurts um he needs to hold on to the football um it's not just that he's turning it over it's the it's the timing of his turnovers um it feels like as soon as they cross the fifty there's just like some form of chaos is gonna happen that's gonna result in them getting three points at the max um he did it uh. This pass game on the first drive, Dallas walks down the field and scores. Eagles have a chance to respond, and they were moving the ball very well. They cross the fifty. Hertz takes off for the first, and just does not hold to the football. Um, it's it's unacceptable. It has, um, luckily, uh, not cost them too much. I mean, they only have three losses, so like, technically speaking, it hasn't cost them too much. But uh, just in terms of like within the game the timing of which he's been doing it is is just completely unacceptable. Um, and he also just hasn't been great playing against pressure. Uh, he has a bit of a deer-in-the-headlights deer type of look to him a lot of the time. Um, there's times where I do think the uh, scheme and the options that they're giving him on some of these blitzes aren't really fair to him, but there are also times where we can see it. There's guys open. There's throws to be made, and he's just simply not stepping into them. Uh, I've been calling for him to move up in the pocket uh, pretty much every week for the last like five weeks. He still will do it once in a blue moon, and it gets me excited. And then he just reverts back to what he's been doing. Um, yeah, he just he needs to he needs to play better. The offense is gonna move as he moves, and he has not been good enough uh, recently. Um, and in general, I would say. He hasn't been anywhere near what he was last year. Just pretty much this entire season. I mean, the the first stretch of games before this kind of gauntlet started was pretty poor football teams. I would say that they were letting hang into games. They let the Jets beat them. Uh, they nothing's felt comfortable this year. If I'm not mistaken, I think their point differential is. I'm not even going to look at it because I've seen it so many times. I want to say it's like plus like 21 right now or something like like something. I think, I think it is so. plus 21. Um. The Saints, who are six and seven, I believe, are like pretty much right there with them. I think like plus eighteen, something like that. Like it's it. I don't want to say Vikings of last year, but it it like the the numbers are hard to argue with at this point. Um. So yeah, Jalen needs to be better. Uh, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith have been overall good this year. They they've kind of traded off, kind of who's had the big week, which is something that does frustrate me a little because it, it like. It just, it really feels like they aren't utilizing this offense to its fullest capabilities when it feels like there's one guy just getting looked at the entire game. But even besides that, the past night, um, there was something, something was in the air. Um, gotta hold on to the football, both of them. Uh, the AJ one, he was getting, he was talking with Stephon Gilmore all night. Gilmore was clamping him up most of the night. He gets one chance and you, you let him punch it out from behind. Like it just, you can't do it. Uh, Devontae Smith, the game was, out of reach at this point, but they were still trying to like play for some pride. And Mitchell, as you mentioned, uh, maybe put some offensive points on the board, uh, fumbled it, um, just not good the entire night, just sloppy. And the word sloppy for me goes back to the coaching staff, and I think this is kind of where my biggest gripe is this season. Um, I'm, I look back, especially at this gauntlet, and although they've won a decent amount of these football games. I feel like they've been outcoached in just about every single game. Um, My fears about Nick Sirianni in terms of how much he actually provides from a football standpoint feels like it's coming true a little bit. Um, I want to sit here and blame Sean Desai and I want to blame Brian Johnson. I mean, Brian Johnson, this is his first year as an offensive coordinator. Um, He's, he's learning on the fly a little bit uh, in terms of calling plays. Um, So, there's been times where it's looked okay this year. The the rate of motion pre-snap is, I think, last in the league by like a comfortable margin. Um, so it doesn't feel like there's much creativity going on. And for me, I understand that Johnson's the one calling the plays, but this this whole offensive scheme is is a design of Nick Sirianis. And he it doesn't it feels like just not even close to what it should be compared to the level of talent that they have on this offense. Like I think Nick Bosa said it after the Niners game that uh, they, they feel like they found a blueprint um, to kind of, you know, stifle them. The Cowboys went right out and whatever that blueprint was, it seems like they also had the blueprint um, or copied off of that blueprint and it worked to perfection. Um, But it's, it's unacceptable for an offense that has this many playmakers to score zero offensive points in a game. I don't care who the defense is. I don't like it divisional game. I like you have to be able to score points with this offense. Um, and it starts with Nick Sirianni and it trickles down to Jalen hurts and it trickles down to all the, all the offensive players. It's it, it unacceptable. Um, and then the defense is just a lost cause. Uh, they invested, they continue to invest a lot of money and a lot of draft capital into the defensive line. Um, and I think their pressure rate on third down is the lowest in the NFL. Um, not gonna win that way. On top of that, we have a defensive coordinator who keeps thinking that this D line is gonna do the work for him, and they haven't this year, um, in the grand scheme of things, and he refuses to blitz. He refuses to send more than four. Dak had all night in the pocket the entire night, could throw the ball wherever he wanted, and it's a credit to Dak Prescott because he took advantage of what he saw. But they they were making it as easy as they could on him for a lot of the night, it felt like. Um, the secondary is just not good. <laughs> just, like, I don't really, like, Reed Blankenship also got hurt, so that's not going to help. I, this is also, like, Reed Blankenship's the leading tackler on the team, and, like, that sounds cool. I feel like that's not, like, a good thing if your safety's the leading tackler because that means there's a lot of balls going down the field that you're making plays on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, like, Minka last year. I think he led us yeah. in tackles, or For a good stretch, he did. It's, like... Yeah, that big deep balls and just like if if rush running backs or
3: rushers are getting past Run the second to to level, the level. <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's it's not a great thing if your safety. It leader. sounds cool, but it's not. Yeah, um, I can't even comment on Shaq Leonard. I think he played eighteen defensive snaps, so I, he didn't do anything note of note. But I also like I feel like that's not really enough of sample size to have an opinion on him. Um, Kevin Byard like, isn't playing the position that I thought he would be playing at all. I was really hoping they were bringing him in to be more of, like, a ball hawk, like, just kind of way back in the, uh, like, way back, just kind of watching the QB's eyes making breaks on the ball. They pretty much have him playing, like, it seems like a lot of the time. He's, like, up in the box a lot. So he's been pretty much useless because he's not a great tackler, it doesn't appear. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is really just going on a tangent of me just talking about how much i dislike a lot of these a lot of the things about this team and i know we've had points this year where we've been like no they're winning games like you know you guys don't have it that bad this isn't a situation of like having it bad i think it's just a situation of like coming to the reality that this team might not might not have quite what it takes to get back um and for me i'll have to hear what you guys think but i I think a a large, large part of this falls on on the coaching for me personally. Yeah, my what I was gonna say, and
0: Jack wants to get into the Cowboys a little bit uh, after we're done.
3: Thoughts on them as well,
0: right? But what I mainly wanted to ask you is: there's four games remaining. You go Mm -hmm. to Seattle Monday Night Football this coming up week, and you have the Giants. Uh, I believe at home on Christmas day, then you have the Cardinals on New Year's Eve. And then you have the giants in New Jersey for the regular season finale in those four games. What is your, I guess I'll call it wish list that you want to see going into the playoffs Um, and make it kind of realistic. Like kind of don't say like, Oh, I want the secondary to be top three in the league. Like, you know, you Reasonable expectations. What do you want to see in the last four games that would make you feel um, as confident as you could be going into the postseason?
3: Um, I'm not going to say four and zero because I still think there's a lot of like dysfunction of this team that's gonna that like needs to get buffed out a little bit. But I I don't think it's crazy to ask for at least one or two like. I got to see some beatdowns. I need to see a beatdown. Dallas and San Fran have multiple times this year demolished not only good teams but games that they are supposed to win. I know they've had some like fluky, you know, San Fran. And some guys hurt. Dallas lost that early game to Arizona. But as of the last like whatever three four weeks, like these those two teams are beating down on on these lesser teams. And now they've both done it to the Eagles. I if I'm gonna feel confident that they can go into the playoffs and beat either one of those teams because they're going to have to to get to the Super Bowl. Um, I need to see them show that they can run up, run it up a little bit on these lesser teams, and they're going to have a chance. I know the Giants are playing with all the fire in the world right now, and De- DeVito has them playing with some, some heart, but roster to roster, I think overall, I know the defense has been weak this year for the Eagles, but, like, they should be able to beat some teams by by double digits here. So I, I I think that's what I'm looking for. I I need to see them get on that level with Dallas and San Fran in terms of being able to just like completely dominate a football game from whistle to whistle. Yeah, that's certainly what you want to see.
0: Um have they really blown anyone out?
3: No. This year? That's the the closest I would say they've gotten to it. They they beat they beat Tampa pretty pretty handily. I think they won that by like maybe like-
0: 14, yeah, they won twenty five to Miami. eleven, but
3: I remember, I remember that game, game kind of close. Like their most convincing win,
0: right? Yeah, I remember and the Bucks being close like, at least Miami for a little chance.
3: bit. Yeah, yeah they they have not been what they were last year in terms of just like the game being over at halftime.
2: All right. Yeah, and, and in
0: terms of the coaching, kind of going back to what you said a couple minutes ago, I mean, I, I it really sticks out in my head, but what you really want is just to be con- your coach to be consistently mild mannered through wins and losses.
3: Yeah.
0: And we said it, you know, Tomlin has his fair share of criticism and some are, you know, justified. Some aren't, but some are a credit to him. A lot of the times I feel like, like I said this, I think I said it maybe a month or so ago, but when, when you see his post game press conference, you might not even know, Based on his tone, whether we won or lost. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's very key in not just sports, but in life, because you want to not get too high after big victories or not to get too low after bad defeats. You just want to stay the course, trust in the process in in which you're doing things. And it seems like Sirianni is a little bit too volatile.
3: I mean, we all saw the, what was it, was the Bills game, right? after the where's the chief it was the chiefs game that chiefs game when he was yelling into the crowd as he was walking out the tunnel yeah you know? it's just not a good look you want to you got to
0: realize it's a marathon and not get too caught up in the in the here and now and like i said like everything i said you know what i mean and i think that attitude i mean clearly the head coach in any professional sport and really at any level not just professionals but the attitude of the coach really trickles down to the rest of the team, you know? Okay. So it, I can see what you mean, I, I, yes, you're not going to get rid of a guy when you're consistently winning like right. this, That's but right. it's really annoying. eventually I, said,
3: I think I've said it before haul. in a perfect world. Yeah. In a perfect world, I would have loved to can Sirianni and just promote Steichen, but the, the league doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Right. So yes, he's going
0: to be there at least for the time being, the next
3: few seasons. But
0: overall, you know, you can't maintain this roster forever. That only happens to, you know, the sustained success only happens to very few amount of teams like the Patriots of the 2000s and the Spurs and basketball. And, you know, that that doesn't happen very often. So more often than not, teams get split up and the culture and the leadership is what can potentially stay. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But anyway, anything else in the Eagles before we get to the Cowboys?
3: That was pretty much all I had, Jack. Do you do you have any questions?
1: I was gonna ask. I felt like maybe a, a difference this year was that uh, there's no like pass rusher that's incredibly productive. But I did look at the numbers, and Hassan Reddick is 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 producing. He is. And then Josh Sweat is a good secondary. Um I was more excited like no one Smith
3: getting playing time or like what's that? What? Not really. Uh I don't know if that's because of him or because of just like Reddick and Sweat kinda of eating up a lot of the snaps. And I mean Brandon Graham's still yes. playing at a decently high level, so he's getting in there too. But I mean I don't know. I I went into this season thinking that this was gonna be kind of a developmental year for him, but it's also like I'm at a point with this defense, like, we're like, try anything. Like, I don't know, like change, right. change something up.
1: And I, mean, I just, like they are so, uh, yeah, their front seven just feels like it's so deep. Like, especially adding Leonard
3: now, it's like, Nickobe Dean in there or what is he? He's been hurt. Okay. Which, which that That's a whole thing in itself. I don't, I know he, like, we went into this year thinking that he was maybe going to be like the new, like shot caller on defense, but. The best ability is availability, and he has not had that whatsoever. Okay, but uh well, that's um, why that's why he fell in the draft. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, exactly. That's the so that's really down. the
0: only reason why. So that's a good. I was point. hoping it
3: would change, maybe with you know like an NFL training staff and that sort of stuff, but it is it, it, it does not.
1: But Jalen Carter is uh, playing really well, right? And uh, Jordan Davis gets in like they just have guys that you, and Fletcher Cox is still around. It's just. I feel like um, what
3: it maybe is, is like they, they haven't, and it's actually kind of been the, the story of the team this year, but like the, they haven't been able to all do it at the same time. I think as yeah. Well. like, it, like, it felt like last year, a lot of the time, like there would be games where like three of them would be sacking the quarterback at once. And it feels like this year, it's like, I, you're pretty much a lot of this year. It feels like I've just kind of been begging for Reddick to make a big play. Cause that one thing about him is he does, it feels like he shows up in like the bigger moments to make plays So you kind of have that to rely on a little, but I don't know the the consistency on all levels, defense and offense, just hasn't been there.
0: All right, Jack, what do you have on the Cowboys? What would you like to? I I think believe you said you had a couple questions for us regarding them, and uh, it wasn't really anything
1: specific. Uh, I just want to know like what your thoughts, because like. And I, I've been in this game too long with the Cowboys that like uh, I, I'm not gonna buy into them <laughs> until they show me they can do it. Like just make like a conference championship maybe. Um. Uh. But like, and I feel stupid saying it. Like this year feels different, and what feels different is that. And I get, I get, I get. It's like a down year for MVP. But Dak's the leader in MVP race. Like that's. Feels like a crazy world we're living in. Um, but to his credit, although I said it's down here in the MVP race, like he's playing the best ball of his career, no doubt. Um, and like this on Sunday night, uh, against the Eagles at home, like that feels like a, a letdown, like Dak comes back to reality or Cowboys come back to reality type game. But we just talked about it Cowboys dominated, Dak looked perfect. Um, so I what do you guys are they for real? Do you guys think they could make the win the Super Bowl? Make the Super Bowl? I like what wh- where are you at with them? Cuz like we think about Super Bowl contenders. Like theoretically they should be the what? I don't I, I should look at the odds of like where they're at, but like um, it should be like Niners, Ravens, them, no. I'll I tell you what it is. A, right I don't now. know
3: where they're at. I would even put them second, I think. Um, for me, I would, I'd pretty comfortably put him I think, in that, in that two spot behind Sam Fran. Um, I am a little biased because I, I do have Dak at plus 2000 for MVP. Oh, wow. I mm-hmm. got like three or I think like four weeks ago, something like that. And I, I hate it. Like, obviously I don't want to do it, but I've always, um, I haven't been as like bullish as you, Jack, but I always have found myself like. Ending up defending him just because, like, he does get a lot of unnecessary. It's preposterous yeah. the amount of hate he's, he's got throughout his career. It, and it annoys me that I have to do it because, like, I don't like, I would love to join in and, like, make fun of him, but, like, and there are, he's given us reasons to do it. Like, playoff game, playoff game, Dak Prescott has been a, a legitimate thing that has had to be discussed. And I know that we're having this conversation before he plays in another playoff game this season, but. He did have that game against the Bucs, which I feel like people forget about when it comes to the playoffs. Um and he just he just makes every throw and he's he, he's one of the few guys I would say right now that like fully has the reins of the offense like in terms of like he at all times is pretty much the decision maker out there. I know McCarthy's sending him plays to him but you can tell he like he he runs that entire show and the players know it and I think the coaches even know it. Um, they're just, they have talent everywhere, like everywhere. Their O-line is on Tyler Smith might be like the best guard in football. Like, like, like like behind Zach Martin, maybe, which is a scary thing to think about. Um, Tyron Smith is still playing at a very high level. Uh, Tony Pollard's starting to kind of find his footing a little bit. It feels like Cee Lamb's been a top five receiver in football, maybe top three. Um, Jake Ferguson,
1: Ferguson looking like Kittle. uh, Uh, I think he's 23.
3: I think he's 23. Yeah. Um, and then on defense, like, the baseline of your defense, even if maybe you're letting up some points, is like Micah Parsons, no matter what, is probably going to be the best the best player on the field at any given time. Um, so that always helps. Bland is a turnover machine. Um, and they get contra- – Like I mean, Demarcus Lawrence. I, Jack, I think right. you were the one that said he might be more named than game. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you heard me. You he feel like he's having a, a great year. year. And yeah. then – Something that Dallas never did up until this year, and it's why it makes me feel a little bit different about this team, is Jerry Jones has never been one to go out outside of the realm of Dallas and find like some veteran free agents to bring in. It feels like he's always very much like we got our guys, we like our guys that we drafted, like homegrown talent. They finally stopped that this year and got Stephon Gilmore. And this Eagles game last night was kind of like the crowning moment of like, oh yeah, they 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 made the right move for that. Um, especially with Diggs going down. Like imagine Diggs going down and them not having Gilmore. That would that make things right. a little more interesting. But he's been playing at a Pro Bowl level. Um, they just they have talent everywhere. And the my only saving grace of this season, I think, two saving graces, and I don't even like using that word for this team, but the Niners, as this is me speaking as an Eagles fan. Um the Niners are giving me some solace because I do still think that the Niners are the best team in football. And I'm hoping praying to God that we get the, the holy mix of back Prescott and Mike McCarthy playoff. Yeah. It, it's my only saving graces because they're they're. It seems like they're a well-oiled machine. Like they're, they're going to score points and they're like, they're going to get to the quarterback and they're going to make plays on defense. So like, I, I feel like Dallas is going to have to beat themselves. Which is always possible with this team, we know right. that. But they're they're really good. They're really good, and it makes me so upset. But they're really good.
1: And do you, do you think that? And I had this thought the other day. I feel like Dorian Bland and Trayvon Diggs are the same exact thing. They're The same exact person, and, it, and like, they got so lucky that he emerged. And it's like the same. They're getting. They're Bland like is getting the one. same exact hate yeah. that. Diggs got like Diggs got all those interceptions that year. I think he had like 11, and everyone just like cites his uh the yardage and he gave up. And then the same thing for Bland, like he gets all these pick sixes and then like he lets up like a couple of these touchdowns, or I don't know, and then everyone's it's, like oh, torching him. It's like the same exact they're different type of players. I feel like Diggs is like more long and rangy, I think, but it's just it, they profile as the same exact Dallas Cowboy cornerback. It's
3: also like I'm I'm jealous that Dallas has them because it, it it's the way the league is moving. Where like, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing as many like Darrell Revis type of corners where it's like you're not even going to throw to that side of the field. Like teams are going to pass the ball a lot, and you're going to have to make plays. And because like cornerback is pretty widely regarded, I feel like, as the hardest position to play in football. I mean, probably besides quarterback, obviously. But like you're going to get beat. It's the way that position goes. But the guys who can actually be, like, legit difference makers and flip the field for a team, like, that's that's the best thing you could ask for.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think,
0: like you said, you I think at this point in the way the game is, you take getting burned on a couple plays if they're going to make, make game-altering plays yep. on the other end, so... so. That's how I feel, and I, I know we just talked about it a couple minutes ago, but I pulled it up. Uh, the Cowboys are tied for fifth.
1: For the there's there's like, four slash five teams on Fanduel. They're sixth.
0: Yeah, the wow. Niners, Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, and Dolphins are all ahead of them.
3: I don't know about that. Yeah, I literally must be because like they're the Cowboys. Like if they had a different right. logo on them, would they? They'd have to be higher. Yeah. Agreed. And
0: what I I guess the final point of what I'll say for the Cowboys here is: Are they better than years past? Maybe, but I think the main difference for me, at least observing, I don't know if you guys feel a similar way, but I feel like the NFL is as wide open, and uh, I think like it's like weaker this year. A lot of quarterbacks are down. A lot of injuries in general. You said it every year, but I feel like there's not one team here. The Niners, yes, you could point to, but they had a bad stretch. There's not a team that's looked invincible. And outside of the Niners, that's really just like, do we trust the Dolphins in the playoffs? Do we trust the Ravens in the playoffs? I know people. I I I feel that way about the Ravens. I think the Ravens have to prove something to me. I don't. I'm not gonna. But they're like the Cowboys of the AFC to me personally. I just I don't think the Ravens. I said it as a kind of as a joke when I was at my parents' house watching football this Sunday, and I know the Ravens end up winning, but I just kept calling them frauds because I just I don't trust the Ravens until I see it. That's just me. The Chiefs have looked as vulnerable as they ever have since they've gotten Mahomes right now, and then you look at you I know mean, the Bills are kind of getting they're on the right path now. They had a big win over the Chiefs, but like a lot of it's just very wide open. So I think the landscape of the NFL is what gives me a little bit more confidence in the Cowboys. Um, that is my parting thought. I don't know if you guys agree.
2: Yeah.
3: No, I completely agree. I, I do like the Ravens this year, but they're, I mean, like you said, they're, they're kind of in the same vein as the Cowboys where it's like a, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing. Cause it feels like the Ravens are always hanging around this, this, this type of narrative a little bit where it feels like they could go on a run and they haven't. Um yeah it, it, it's open. Like every every single team has showed flaws this year. Like I feel like for Dallas recently they've kind of shown the least, but like that Niners primetime game from however long ago it was is gonna is gonna stick in everyone's head until they get a chance to play them again because they got they got worked in that game. So yeah there hasn't been a team that's like the Niners have maybe been the closest, but there isn't a team that's like, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely going to be there. Uh, in Where are they they in Vegas this year? Yep. Yes. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, I think that's a good stopping point
0: there. We'll move on to the Steelers. Similar to the Eagles, very embarrassing loss. Uh, all the way back on Thursday night, if you could recall to the Patriots, lose 21-18, to and really diminish our playoff chances. I believe it was in the 60s, maybe, upper 50s percent chance of making the playoffs before this game, and now it's down to, I think, 25, something like that. So it pretty much got cut in half as of now. I mean, I think for me personally, I just completely misread this game. I feel like for the most part, I've had a good read on how I thought the Steelers were going to go, outside of a couple, couple games. But I was completely wrong on this one. I thought we'd bounce back after a bad loss to the Cardinals, but it was just bad right from the start. T.J. Watt went down on the first play. He came back in the game, but that was—I felt like that was a bad sign. Well, Highsmith is out early. Right. So it just right from the get-go didn't look good. The Patriots, who scored 13 points in their previous three games combined, marched right down the field on their opening drive and scored a touchdown. So when I saw that, I knew I was going to be in for a long night. The defense stiffened up in the second half. We didn't allow a point in the second half. And I feel like Mitch got a little bit of momentum at some spurts throughout the game. uh, That touchdown drive right before half. And we did have some positives in the second half, but not really. It was ultimately way too little too late. I think a big key to the game was New England shutting down our run game, which they were, they've been very good at uh, for as bad as they've been. Their run defense has been really stellar and they really exemplified that on Thursday. We only ran for 82 yards and like 2.8, 2.9 yards per carry so that was a big factor. Um, where do we go from here? We just have to squeak out these games somehow. We've got, you know, not the easiest schedule. Not a total gauntlet, but it's definitely, I mean, no game as we've seen over the past two weeks with the Cardinals and Patriots can ever be taken lightly. Um, but we have the Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens. So a lot of teams that are in the thick of the race for the playoffs and um yeah we just need to find a way to get in and as i kind of said with the cowboys i mean i'm not saying that steelers have any business going on any run but if there was a year to do to kind of just squeak in and go on a run it probably seems like it would be this year um especially the last AFC. thing sure. yeah no especially the AC with with the, i feel like it was touted as this conference of giants and like, you know, there's so many good quarterbacks and there are still a lot of good quarterbacks, but, you know, injuries and just a lot of just teams not living up to those expectations. So it is vulnerable for sure. One question I want to pose for both of you to answer is, and I'm not really advocating for this for certain, like this isn't my solidified position, but assuming, say Kenny's out for the next three games,
1: Three more it's, games?
0: Three more games. The only chance he has to come back is the, the regular season finale. Just say that as a hypothetical, which definitely could happen. How bad would Mitch have to play for you for you to say it's Mason Rudolph time? I'm still not there. I know a ton of people are. A ton of people probably wanted Mason to play over Kenny at certain points yeah. throughout the season, as as we know. So... For your guys' opinions, how bad would Mitch have to play and how long would he have to play that badly for you to say, let's give Mason Rudolph a shot?
2: Do you want to go first,
3: Rav? Yeah, I'm thinking... I'd give him another game. I'd give him another game. If this next one goes really poorly, then you're really behind the eight ball and it's kind of like a must-win situation. I'd like At that point, you have two games of sample size... That like this guy probably isn't going to get it done for you. Um, He definitely should start this next game. And I'd like, even with one bad half, I don't know if I'd immediately pull the plug, but I think a a full four quarters of not good football would probably be enough for me to at least try Rudolph. Now, I know it's kind of hard to quantify
0: because a lot of it has to do with the eye test and things like this. But if you could, in terms of stats, game result, other metrics, what what would you qualify as benchable in your opinion like what is really bad mean to you
3: loss and probably multiple turnovers one wouldn't quite do it for me okay. but a couple and depending on moment and score and things of that nature like I, I just need to see some life it felt like it it felt like he was missing a lot i don't know if it was like reads versus actual like arm talent. I don't think it's an arm talent thing. It feels like he just didn't really have a grasp on what was going on the last game. Um, But it would have to be a full game loss and he would have to contribute a little bit of off the ball up. Okay. That's fair.
0: Before Jack answers this question, I want to, I recall something that I texted Jack while I was watching the game you know that that Bengals win that we had, where we broke the 400, uh, not having 400 uh, total yards of offense and being outgained by the opponent, we broke we broke both of those streaks with the with the new interim offensive coordinator. And everyone was feeling optimistic for the most part, and it looked like kind of like a new offense. Not you know not a new offense, but a, a rejuvenated offense, I guess I'll say. And that Cardinals game it still wasn't like terrible, but it was pretty bad and reverted to some of our old ways. And then this Patriots game really just felt like a Matt Canada game, to be honest. So it really just felt like we've regressed each of the past, each of the past three weeks in terms of, you know, play calling and creativity and whatnot. But go ahead, Jack, what, what would be your answer? Do you, do you agree with Shref or do you, would you give Mitch a longer leash, shorter leash? What do you think?
1: Uh, I want to go a little shorter leash. I think, In the, I mean, he's obviously going to start against the Colts. Um, if if there's if we're down and Mitch has two turnovers in the first half, I think we make a switch at half. Um, and in Tomlin's pressers, I mean, he gets asked about possibly wanting to start Mason or get Mason in. Um, and he's been really reluctant and sticking with Mitch. And I get he wants that consistency, he likes Mitch, he's a quote unquote good leader. Uh, he's just not producing though, and it's like a little puzzling. Going back to 2019, I mean, that was the year Ben was hurt, and like we flip flopped with Mason Rudolph and and Duck Hodges a couple times throughout the season and mid in mid game. Remember in that like Cincinnati game, I think, and like it's we then started Hodges, so it's um, he wasn't afraid to do it then. I think the reason may be this time is that. I mean Mitch at this point is more proven I guess you you could say than those two were at that time and money talks. I mean Mitch is the highest paid backup in the league getting paid 8 million so um that's why but I mean he's he's just really not looked good at all in this game and a half stretch and then in uh, like every time he's been in this year in the last quarter of the Texans game when he got in when Kenny got hurt the second half of the Jaguars game in week 8 turned the ball over twice uh, he's in can't protect the football and like that. That's in an offensive structure that's that this bad. We, the recipe that Penny has executed is just not turn the ball over and, um. Mitch just can't do that. I <laughs> he didn't throw a pick. He didn't throw a pick, did he? On yes, he did. Oh, that's right. He threw a bad pick. What am I talking about? And he he had another one where he should have thrown a pick, but he also, uh. Fumbled in the they fumbled in the pass game, fumbled in the cards game, uh, on a on a shotgun snap. It's just and that gave the Cardinals ball in our, I uh, almost in the red zone, I think. So, um, yeah, and then the reason why I would give him the shorter leash and get Mason at halftime if there's been turno- two turnovers and we're down is that, like, if we lose this game, we're done. I there I I mean, big picture. I I recognize we're not really going anywhere legitimately in the playoffs, but if we lose this game, we're not making the playoffs. Like it's it has so like it has to be like a last stitch effort, you know. Try something to rejuvenate the, to get a, a jolt of life in this offense and uh, squeak out a win in, in the scenario where we're down. Um, so it's uh it's tough and. I, I tweeted this, and I say it a little satirically because I don't believe quarterback wins is a legitimate stat. But in games that Kenny has started and finished since we drafted him, since the beginning of last year, Steelers are 13-6, and six, and then games where we see Mitch Trubisky were 3-8. and eight. And even more this year, Kenny 7-2, Mitch's 0-4. So... And I, I I'm already ready for it. there's there's going to be like stack comparisons because people this is just to combat them Kenny is the same as Mitch and Mitch will be an upgrade crowd um that's just if you if you legitimately watch you that's clearly not true and um, I I'm ready for people to pull up the stats because what, Mitch threw a touchdown in the Cards game Mitch threw a touchdown multiple touch no he ran yeah he ran one in. Um. On uh, on Thursday, Thursday. and he th- then he also threw one to his- who? Didn't he throw Deonte? Yeah. Deontay. So like in there, I I I am waiting for there to be comparable stats like yards and touchdowns. Um, but I mean the reason for that is because this he digs the Steelers in a hole We the to bend in the run game, and and he has to throw the ball, um. So, I mean, yes, I love stats, but they don't paint a whole picture. And we can point the turn of numbers, too. I know. So, anyway, um, yeah, it's frustrating. And uh, I guess we can move off the Steelers, unless you guys have anything else to say or add to what I said.
0: No, I'm good to go. I think, yeah. I think we sp- spent too much time on the Steelers.
1: So. <laughs> Probably. All
0: right. Let's move on to our final segment here, the picks. Let's recap how we did last week. Jack goes 0 for three. Houston minus 5.5. They lose outright to the Jets. Seattle plus 10.5. He kind of gets a little bit of a pass there, considering that Drew Locke played and not Geno Smith. But the Seahawks did not cover 10 and a half. And then the over in the Seahawks 49ers was looking really good, but then did not quite get to 46 and a half. So Jack drops three uh, games there. Myself, I did not do. Too great either. I picked the Lions minus three, and they lost outright to the Bears. I had the Chiefs minus two and a half. They lost outright to the Bills. Thanks, Kadarius Tony. And I had the under in the Eagles-Dallas game, under 52 and a half. And that hit. So I went one and two. Thank you, Eagles. Yeah, You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Eagles. Yes. Treff went two and one. Uh, Saints minus five and a half. They covered that. He Shreff also picked the Packers minus six and a half. They lost outright to the giants and sure. I finally got a total here after uh weeks. I, I don't know if you were on a streak with a total, but your overall record's not too good. Not you good. did hit this one Seahawks uh Niners under 46 and a half. And I as I said that. with Jack, yeah, it was uh it was not looking good. I think two touchdowns were scored in the first two drives. Yes. But, uh, you know, the, the points kind of stall there at the end. So Treff goes two and one that brings our records here to, sorry, let me pull it up real quick. Jack is still in the lead, but his margin shrinks slightly, uh, 23 and 19. I'm in second at 21, 20 and one. And Shref is uh 14, 27 and one. So Shref, you were, I mean, I think, yeah, last week you were 11 and a half back. Now you're nine and a half package, eight or nine and a half jack, uh, back of Jack. Okay. So, you know, nice.
2: positive momentum. Mm-hmm. Jack, where would you like to go?
1: <laughs> um,
2: he lets out a, a big sigh before he gets to his pick. Always a good start.
1: This feels like a very me pick. Uh, I'm gonna go uh,
0: with a meat pick.
1: M E a pick that I would make, but I'm going to go to the uh, picking a big favorite, like big spread. You do I'm going to the Chiefs. To um, it's just I mean the Patriots are bad, and people maybe people meaning the books maybe a little bit high on them. Um, because uh, last time we saw them, they beat the Steelers on the road. Um, and the Chiefs are coming off a brutal loss heartbreaker you could say um and i think they're still good they're still i mean this is a team that has beat up on bad teams this year like the bears earlier this year and other teams so um they got a nine point win out of them i'd say uh
2: so yeah i'll go chiefs my first all right very well I will be going with I'm going with the Steelers. Plus one and a half. I would not. I
0: said outside of a few games this year, I feel like I've had a good good pulse on this team. Last week was not one of those games, but I think we're going to win this game. A couple things to point out here. Since 2007, Tomlin's tenure as the coach, we are 55, 41, and one against the spread after a loss. That's fifth best in the league. Now you could say that's you know had Roethlisberger for a lot of that, way different team. However, since 2022, which is post Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers are eight and five against the spread after a loss, which is seventh best in the league. So still good. I think our backs are against the wall clearly and i think we're going to pull it out. Colts defense has not been good at all for a lot of the year but especially in the last 3 games. In the last 3 games they're 29th in rush yards allowed, 26th in points allowed. And in those games they've played Baker Mayfield, Will Levis and Jake Browning. So not exactly the the top of the league. You know, they're they're playing decent in their own right for this season, but it's not like those are just the best quarterbacks in the league. So if there ever was a game for offense that kind of sparked a little bit, I think it'd be this one. And I think we're going to win. We're going to find a way. And we get a point and a half.
2: So Steelers plus one and a half. Back? Back to back.
3: Um, I'm going to start at, I'm going to go on a trend because I think I did it. When did I do it? I guess I did it last week, yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Falcons minus three at the Panthers to start. Um, I'm just going anti-Panthers. I I don't know if the Panthers should be a field goal underdog, field goal underdog against any team right now, um, especially not a Falcons team that, I mean, three out of the four teams are very much fine for the division right now. These are all must-win games for all three of these teams. Um, I understand it's a divisional game. Things can get a little freaky, but this Panthers offense is like, Really, as bad as it gets, pretty much at every level. Just a lot of dysfunction. The O line's been awful. Bryce Young has not lived up to potential. No weapons, um, and I think the Falcons' offense is—they're starting to use Bijan kind of more and more as time goes on here. So I think they're gonna—I think we're gonna see them continue to get a little more explosive. So I mean, this is one of those ones I—I I know Mitchell, you'll do it sometimes where you'll write down your score predictions before you look at the lines. I would—I would have bet the Falcons winning this game by like a touchdown. So. Minus three, I'll, I'll go with it. I still do that. I do it every week. There you go.
2: How did you have that one shaken out? I
0: think I I, I think I may have deleted it, because I do it initially, and then as, as I, I make my wow. official picks, I get rid of it. But I think I I didn't have it. Yes, if I'm just looking at this like, how do I think the game is going to go? I, I don't really think about that. I just th- I try to predict what the line is. Oh, um, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. So I don't do my score prediction, but I think I had this line, maybe Falcons minus four, four and a half. So slightly leaning in the direction you're picking, but not like anything too crazy.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's my first, this next one is, is a half, uh, a half jinx and a half, um, like just eye test, but I'll take the Cowboys plus one and a half. It feels like a little bit of a a trap, maybe, just because it's a close line. I know it's going to be in Buffalo, probably going to be not great weather. Um, I do feel like this Cowboys team is kind of built to play anywhere. I know their running game hasn't always been like completely there, but it feels like it's getting better um, week after week. Uh, Dak has been the best quarterback in football, um, and I think the defense can contain any team, especially I'm, I'm thinking about the Bills. I know – a lot of their success comes from Josh Allen being able to get outside of the pocket and make plays. I feel like with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, he's gonna have a little bit of a tougher time doing that. They have linebackers that can fly around the field. Um, so I know it's a road game, Buffalo, it's gonna be hopefully a great game. Um, but it's like I said, the Panthers shouldn't be only field goal underdogs. I don't I don't know if the Cowboys should be underdogs period right now, unless they're playing the, the Niners pretty much. So could be a fool's bet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and you know, if they lose, then I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. That's for sure. I like it. I said I did with the Eagles
0: for a lot in the middle of the season here with our picks. You did. You did. My next pick is going to be the Dolphins, minus eight and a half. I know it's not Tim Boyle. Last time that these two these two teams played was a few weeks ago in New York, and Miami won by 21. The worst person was, of all time. Yeah, the worst person to ever walk yeah. the earth, Tim yes. Boyle. But And I know Zach Wilson played really well last week. He won AFC Player of the Week. But I would be surprised if he can replicate that performance in consecutive weeks. I would have to see it with my own eyes before I believe it. Games in Miami. Dolphins coming off of a tough loss. I like the Dolphins to bounce back. I I know the Jets' defense is pretty much as good as it's ever been right now, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think Miami's going to win. I think people are going to maybe be in on the Jets here, and I'm not. I'm not buying it yet. So give me the Dolphins. I know. I mean, they, I know the Jets had. A, they ended up scoring a decent amount of points, but it was zero zero at halftime. So. I don't know what happened in that locker room at halftime and into the second half, but again, I, I don't know. I think the Jets are kind of, you know, I don't want to say frauds. I don't think anyone really believes in them, but I think the Dolphins can beat up on bad teams as, as they've proven that they can throughout this
2: year. So, Give me the Dolphins. Mitch, what was your first pick again? Steelers. Oh, right.
1: Um, my pick. I like this one a lot. I um, I wasn't with it first, but I didn't think you guys were going to take it, so I I saved it. Uh, I'm going with the the Giants.
3: I thought about it. I really thought about it.
1: The Giants plus six to the Saints. Uh, thought it was a little odd for a team that's caught some Devito juice here with a a, a three. They're on a three win streak. Yeah, Commanders, Patriots. Mm-hmm. And Packers. And they're like, they're, I guess they beat the Commanders by, I think it was 12. I want to say 31-19 in my head. And they
3: were they were in control like that entire, like big time in control. That yeah.
1: Game. And then, I mean, it was an ugly game with the Pats and then down on the wire against the Packers. So, I feel like DeVito has gotten them and like enough juice to like keep them like in games and like play up and down their competition. Just play like, I don't know. They're also weird games. they not make sense. Like
3: they're not, they're not out of the playoff conversation yet.
1: Technically, they're not. No, are they five and eight,
3: something like that? So they're like one good. game
1: out. Oh wow, I
3: they're didn't realize that. Stations. And I mean, the um, are for something too, but they really are.
1: Yeah, but the same Yeah, I, I just their the things, aren't good. Their yeah, things, and yeah, and they're just falling. Should
3: be starting for that football team.
1: I get less and less confident in them, and everyone probably is too. Every week, and their rush defense is their defense isn't good, and that's supposed to be like their quote unquote identity. Behind Dennis Allen, their rush defense isn't good. I feel like Saquon's. I think he's. I checked Pat back the past. uh, I think four or five weeks, and he's above four yards per carry. Again, like five point nine yards per carry. For I I saw a game like he's running well. That could be a weakness there. So I I think they could. I mean, I'm talking myself them and I'm talking myself into betting the money line, but I think they can keep within six. Um.
2: Maybe alter it to three. Sure.
1: Uh, yeah, the,
0: I liked it too. It was one of my backups.
1: Okay. Any stats on it or no?
0: No, for my backups, I don't really.
1: Unless I like three
0: or four of them. But no, I don't. But I, yeah, I just thought it was. I think I handicapped this one at four. So I, I definitely lean Giants for sure.
1: Yeah. We got a lot of high totals this week. Do we? Higher than uh, they have
3: been the past few weeks, for sure. Yeah, we got there are, like. There are some stinkers right? mixed in here, though. too.
1: Yeah, true.
2: Um. But one
1: that uh, I feel like I I don't always do it, but I'm gonna go Steelers Colts under. Like any Steelers game that's in the like in the 40s, I feel like it's too high, especially coming off last game, like. Or again, I expressed my lack of confidence in Trubisky in the offense, and I don't. I didn't even really need to express that; it's kind of understood. Um, and the defense. I mean, we were a little banged up last week with Highsmith and Watt. I think they both should play this week, but I feel like it was a little bit of a uh, a wake up call, allowing the Pats. I mean, we did wake up in the second half. We. What, did we let up anything in the second half, Mitchell? No, I said that when, we were, when I was talking with the right. Steelers. So, not. Um, yeah, and, and, and just coming off this loss, it's like a wake-up call for D to tighten things up. I know Minshew's been, you know, exceeded expectations, but I, I still think that's a quarterback that we could capitalize on a little bit. Is Taylor playing Mitchell?
0: He still has a chance,
1: but I'd say it's more likely that he doesn't. I would agree. Um, Last I heard, so all more reason that uh, you know less offense here.
0: TJ Watt did clear concussion protocol as we have been recording, by the way. So he is going to play.
1: Yeah, I saw clips of him and Highsmith at practice too. So, Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like the. I'd like to play this game of like, let's give a Steelers win. Like, man, that won't even happen. The guy, twenty four seventeen Steelers win. Like that, I, I, I don't even think the Steelers could score twenty four points, and that would still hit the under <laughs> by right by a point and a half. Yeah. So, um, it twenty one twenty seventeen Steelers win, or twenty one twenty. We could play this game all day, all day.
2: Hey, 3 nothing as we saw last week.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, it is pretty crazy. I actually... There's probably four totals that I really liked this week, and that was one of my four that I really liked. Um, the Steelers-Colts game is the same over-under as the uh, Jags-Ravens. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> that, I, that doesn't make sense to me. No,
2: it doesn't. So, I'm, I don't know. There's three that I like. I'm going to. Hmm, this is tough. I wanted to defer to Shreff, but I feel like that's a cop out.
0: I wouldn't fade him just for the sake of it. Only if it really actually a felt mind. the the opposite of what you what you said. But man, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go with the one I have written down first just because, you know, if it, if I passed on that one, I I wouldn't feel good because just you know, just because I'd be tinkering here in the last second. But I'll be going with the over thirty-seven in the uh Texans Titans game.
3: I like it a lot. I was looking
0: over thirty-seven and a half.
3: Um it, it goes
0: against the post week seven divisional under system that i referenced a few weeks back which is very profitable over the past decade plus but i do have a good feeling about this one tennessee offense kind of figured out some things last week in their comeback victory over the the dolphins and i think houston's gonna bounce back you know you go to the jets last week the defense is amongst the best in the league tennessee's is okay but their pass defense is pretty bad so I think Stroud will bounce back for sure and have a good week. So over thirty-seven and a half, it seemed pretty low to me. I, I would have thought this be kind of what the Steelers Colts is to be honest, like low forties. After Shreff goes, I'll, I'll say the other two
2: I was thinking about. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm debating if I want to test my luck because I still I haven't hit a. Have I not hit an over yet? Right,
3: yeah, you are 0 and 6 in overs. I think I'm gonna test the lock. I don't want to, no, I do want to. I'm gonna test the lock. Um, I'm gonna take the I'm going low total as well. It sounds weird. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the over 37 and a half in the Jets Dolphins game. Um, a big factor. In Miami, I like that a lot in terms of scoring some points. If it was in New York, I might have changed my mind a little bit. I like that it's in Miami. Dolphins are going to be coming in a little pissed off. I know Tyreek is questionable going into it. I'd like to think that he's going to do everything in his power to play. Um, the Jets defense has gotten – I mean, is still the Jets defense. They're a very good unit. But this Dolphins team is, you know, a firepower of an offense. And I think we're – I feel like we'll see some turnovers in this game, which I like the idea of for the – over as long as they're not happening like deep in the red zone. But I think we're going to see a lot of possessions in this game. And like I said, pissed off Dolphins. Uh, Zach Wilson looked like, like an actual NFL quarterback this past week. Um, whether or not that will hold up against the Dolphins defense, that's kind of getting better and better as the weeks go on. I know the Tennessee game was a little rough for him, but um, with Ramsey being there, it definitely changes some things. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a low total. And I'm feeling frisky now that I won one last week. So I'm heat check.
1: You know, on the, uh, whatever that was, like Black Friday game, it, the total hit 47. That was with Tim Boyle in New York, mm-hmm. too. So
3: and he's in your he's favor. A, and he's a poor excuse of a human. So
1: <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have rights, right, Mitchell? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Strip them all away. All right, just to recap, Jack has the Chiefs minus eight and a half, the Giants plus six, and the Steelers Colts under 42 and a half. I have the Steelers plus one and a half, the Dolphins minus eight and a half, and the Texans Titans over 37 and a half. Jeff has the Falcons minus three, the Cowboys plus one and a half, and the Jets Dolphins over 37 and a half. I like a lot of these totals. I like Jack's pick with the under there and the Steelers Colts. Obviously, I like the one that I picked with the over and the Texans Titans. I don't know how to feel about Shrefs. I don't hate it, but I, I, it doesn't stand out to me. Mm-hmm. I like the under in the Commanders Rams game. I think 50 and a half is a little too Big high number. for that one. Big number. I like the under in the Cowboys Bills game. 50 and a half, two defenses that are pretty good. I'd say, I mean, Cowboys clearly, Bills are finding their stride. So I think 50 and a half is a little too high. And I like the over in the Sunday night game with the Ravens and Jags. I mean, that, that should not be the same
3: as the Steelers Colts. So I'll, yeah, I like the over um, in that one as well. I, I, I was almost going to fall right back into the meat trap again. Um, no, 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 no. Sure. If I knew that Geno Smith was playing, I was going to heavily think about the over in that game. But I believe that, that hasn't been announced yet if he's going to be playing or not. The, so. the
0: fact that you got a total right, and he was involved in the game you should just take your money and run and never never do that again.
3: No, but Even <laughs> what if it hits again?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. That that is the that is a train you do not want to get on.
1: Uh Mitchell, the uh maybe reason the totals lower than you expect uh we are expecting bad weather in Jacksonville Sunday night.
0: Oh, nice. We have an inside uh, source, so thanks, Jack. <laughs> um I say inside source. Like I couldn't just
2: look that up myself. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Uh, All
0: right. uh, Anything else to say before we sign off?
3: Football. Hopefully our teams don't make us uh, sad again. They probably will. Yes.
0: All right. Hogline Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Best of luck in your fantasy playoffs. As I said at the top of the show, best of luck with your teams this week. And uh, we're in the home stretch. Go football.